Greetings, fellow Dizzers. This is Julie Hackamack. Go, go, Julie on the boards. From points across California, you're listening to the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged. I'm just saying, this is a fresh episode. Welcome to the Diz Unplugged Disneyland Roundtable Discussion for the week of November 6, 2011. I'm your host this week, Nancy Johnson. I'm joined by my fellow Disneyland correspondents, Mr. Tom Bell, Mr. Tony Spittel, and Mr. Wayne Toygo. We're also joined by our guest, Miss Christy Summers. And in this week's show, we're going to talk about the holidays. We're going to have a little discussion about watching the Christmas Parade taping at Disneyland, as well as other hints, tips, and highlights of the upcoming holiday season. All that, plus this week's news and roundtable rapid fire on this edition of the Diz Unplugged. Hey, everybody. How are you? Greetings, everyone. Hey, Nancy. Hello. Hello, everyone. Is this time change any, hitting anybody hard like it oh, is me? I was ready to go to bed about an hour and a half uh, ago. Okay, Mo- I don't know. Most most people know that we all like have day jobs, so we record this podcast in the evening. Yeah. And oh, man, an hour it later was, is just. It was a long one. It was a long one. First, I want to say thanks to GoGo Julie on the Disboards. She gave us that wonderful and very interesting introduction. That's Thank you favorites. very much. Very yeah, it is one of our favorites. Um, not, not, and that, if, not that she gets anything extra for that, but, <laughs> but contact us with your uh, with your um, your contact information, and we'll take care of you. Well, we have her email. Yeah, we do have her email. That's true. Um, and if you'd like to get yours on the show, <laughs> yeah. go ahead and send that to dlpodcast at wdwinfo.com. Thank you, Tom, because you're always the one that plugs that. <laughs> um, housekeeping for this week. Anybody? Wow, that's... tinyurl.com backslash dizrunner for Tinkerbell Half Marathon. I think we're at a thousand, which means people need to start giving, or else I'm just going to run it for fun and not be embarrassed. So, if you guys want to help out, give kids the world. You got to give some money. And or else I'm leaving talking- the wings and tutus at home. Aww. Oh, and did everybody see the picture I put up on the Disneyland fan page oh, yeah. of nice. Tony's wing choices? <laughs> will either of those fit him? I'd- uh, yes, actually, I, they will. They fit me. So. And that's, that doesn't mean that I haven't seen those, and that doesn't mean that those are going to be the wings I actually wear. <laughs> Because I well, those seen are the yet, free so. wing choices. Yeah, you got to <laughs> work with the yeah, free wind, is always wind, good, wind resistance. And- okay, that's one. I also want to, since we talked about it on the show, speaking of fundraisers, um, I wanted to put in that they have extended the online um, Power of Ten fundraiser. You can find that on the the subform of the podcast board and a bunch of the vendors have continued on even though the official thing was the um, the online um, fundraiser was going to close on the 31st of October well they've decided to give 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 
So please take advantage of these folks and bye, bye, bye. The holiday season is coming up. Oh, God, no, already? Oh, and if anybody wants to help, help me plan that uh, the podcast meet for Tony's run, then uh, feel free. Give me a, give me a holler, nancy at wdwinfo.com. Um, housekeeping for you from last show, Nancy. The Gingerbread House building workshops for December have been announced, the holiday yeah. Christmas ones at Ralph Brennan's Jazz Kitchen. Those dates are December 10th and 11th and 17th and 18th from noon to 2. Cost is $48 per kit. That's for two people. And additional seats are $12. Call the sales office Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Starting and there's a gift. And there's a gift, okay. Yeah, they uh, actually have a giveaway thingy. Which includes gingerbread house, candy, chef's hat, unlimited sodas, and a visit from Santa. Yeah, the um, chef's hat and Santa are extra from the Halloween thing. But it's the same price as the Halloween one I did. And just call them, 714-776-5200 for more information. Link Sounds in the show fun. notes. Yeah. I tell you, it's, it's a good time. I think one of these years we should all go at the same time and do it together. That'd be a lot of fun. And we can make fun of each other. Will but there, remember, will there, if you're will there be hurricanes this, involved? And yeah, hurricanes will be good. Yeah. And, um, in fact, um, Chef Darren actually uh, plugged getting the drinks. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, <laughs> but um, you if you're going to do then? this, my biggest piece of advice, bring a box to put it in, bring a tray to put it on, like a, a big, you know, did one of those... Did we talk big, about whether or not it'll fit in a Disneyland locker? It will not fit in the <laughs> Disneyland locker. But they do store, they store them there for you, oh, and you okay. can go to the park, whatever, and then just pick it up on your way out. Um, and, That's oh, bring time. extra candy if you wanted extra fancy. Cool. All this and more on Build a Gingerbread House next week. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Anybody else with the housekeeping? Going once, going twice. Now let's hit up Mr. Wayne for the news. Wayne? Thank you, Nancy. Did I die this week? (laughs) Not that I heard of. Okay, good. We're rocking. There is a new exhibit that's opening this coming weekend at the Disney Gallery in Disneyland. This one is called All Aboard for a Grand Circle Tour of the Trains of Disney. As you, many of you know, I am a big train enthusiast, actually a huge train enthusiast, and I am very excited about this exhibit. The new exhibit will feature the history of the trains that Walt Disney helped bring to the parks. Most of you know that Walt loved trains. As a young man, Walt worked on one of the local railroads to make some extra money. And that passion continued when he came to California. He had a real working model steam trains in his backyard. And when Disneyland was being designed, there was no question that the park would have a train going around the grounds. Since then, the trains and train-type attractions have been an important part of all Disney parks. There's many stories of Walt and the trains, and perhaps I'll go into more of that in a future podcast segment. But for now, let me get back to the new exhibit. As you know, the Disney Gallery showcases artwork and pieces from Disney history. Several artists have captured the magic and spirit of Disney and his trains. There will also be artifacts from Walt Disney Imagineering, the Walt Disney Family Foundation, 
and from members of the Carrollwood Pacific Historical Society. That's the group that operates Walt's Barn up in Griffith Park in Los Angeles, where you can see many of Walt's actual trains. Some of the featured artifacts have never been on display in public. For example, the original map of the Santa Fe and Disneyland Railroad will be on display. This is the map where Walt drew the layout that eventually would be used in the park. There is also going to be a lot of merchandise available for sale during this exhibit. There will be original and specialty artwork, specialty logo shirts and steins, some new Robert Olszewski pieces, attraction posters, coin sets, and a G-scale model of the Ward-Kimball locomotive. And I hope this is a working model because this may get me into G-scale. Obviously, I'm very excited and can't wait to see all aboard a Grand Circle tour of the trains of Disney. Sounds like fun. Did you say Steins? Steins. They can't sell Steins at Disneyland? That's the classic. They just can't put anything in it. Those are really big toothpick holders. Yeah, I was going to (laughs) say. They don't sell shot glasses, they sell toothpick holders, so I'm not sure why they would sell Steins. Hey, man, the way some people drink soda. The bigger the better. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I have to say, I'm I'm excited for the new exhibit myself, but I'm a little bit sad to be seeing the Mary Blair one go. I know we've had it for a while, but I love going in there and escaping and just looking at all the Mary Blair artwork. So when we were there this past weekend, I asked uh, the cast member that was in there if they were going to continue to sell the Mary Blair artwork, and um, she couldn't give me a hundred percent yes or no answer because she was trying to get me to buy it now while it was there. But um, it did sound like the artwork was still going to be available. Which which I thought was was good. So sometimes they'll move some of that to some of the other shops, but I would not wait. I was looking for a particular shirt and waited too long and by the time the exhibit was gone, it was gone also. So word to the wise on that one. Oh wow. Although, you know, if you do prowl the uh, the outlet stores in, in about, you know, six to eight months afterwards you can always find something. That's true. For my next story, I had to do a little in-depth investigation. Oh, wow. Oh, no. I know. Based on some information I received, I have found out that the Disney Cruise Line has made some recent changes to their Mexican port destinations. A friend of mine who is going on the seven-night Disney Wonder Cruise this month was informed that they would not stop in the town of Ensenada, and instead that day was being turned into a sea day. This meant that there were only two stops for this cruise, one in Puerto Vallarta and the other at Cabo San Lucas. The stop at Cabo is overnight, leaving the next afternoon, but the other days of the cruise would be at sea. The Mexican Riviera cruises potentially included stops in the towns of Ensenada, Cabo San Lucas, Mazalan, and Puerto Vallarta. Mazalan was dropped back at the first of the year for reported safety concerns, and now it appears that Ensenada has also been dropped, presumably for the same reason. The eight-day cruise now adds a stop at Manzanillo, which is slightly south of Puerto Vallarta, and is supposed to replace the stop at Mazalan. 
I can't find any information on what might replace Ensenada, if anything. The Wonder has scheduled cruises through April 2012, which only includes two ports, according to the DCL website. The Wonder then goes on the Alaska itinerary, but picks up again in October with the Mexican Riviera schedule. Beginning in October, the DCL site currently lists seven-day cruises with a stop again in Matsalan. This may just be an anticipated itinerary. I haven't found anything official, uh, no kind of official press announcement on this change, but if anyone finds anything official, I'll be happy to update this report. This was kind of surprising to my friend. You and I had talked about this earlier this week, and you know, Mazatlan was, like you said, taken off quite a while ago. They keep basically extending the fact that they're not going there you know, three or four months at a time. Um, when I went on that cruise last, was it March? We did back-to-back Cabo days, replacing the Mazatlan day. Now, I, I'm not sure when they added Ensenada. I couldn't find that on the on the DCL website either. I know that on, like, the Hawaii cruise, they're supposed to go to Ensenada. And some of, the, like, the Pacific Coast cruise, they, went, they were supposed to go to Ensenada, but I didn't see which other cruises were going to Ensenada. It's listed as a destination, but right. I agree. I can't find it anywhere right yeah, now. Yeah, so I'm not sure why he thought they were even going to Ensenada. Apparently, this was originally booked because okay. this was this was a surprise change, and they yeah. did contact all the passengers saying there's been a change in our itinerary. Yeah. It's interesting they're doing it overnight at, at Cabo, or they're yeah. calling it overnight at Cabo instead of just a back-to-back. right. Right, because I, I I can't see them letting people stay in Cabo, especially since it's a tender port. If you look at the schedule, it's like it's two days. It's like you arrive, right? Then they it, they schedule it like they depart Cabo and then arrive again the yeah, next okay, morning. Yeah, okay. because that may yeah. in fact be what's happening. Yeah, because they, I mean the the ship doesn't dock in Cabo, so there's they wouldn't right. let people stay there overnight. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And finally, the Disneyland Resort has announced some special hotel and ticket prices that are now available. At the Disneyland Resort, you can get 35% off the non-discounted hotel rate for most Sunday through Thursday nights between January 2nd and February 29th. That's pretty good right there considering the time of year that that's for. You can also save up to $500 on a four-day, four-night Disneyland Resort vacation package. This includes four-night stay at a Disneyland Resort hotel and a four-day park hopper ticket. This is also good between January 2nd and February 26th. All stays at any Disneyland Resort hotel from this period receive two of the special Disneyland Fast Pass tickets for each person in the party. You can also get special prices for three, four, five, and six-day park hopper tickets for use between January 4th and May 28th, 2012. These park hopper tickets are priced at what a single park hopper ticket normally costs. For example, a three-day ticket 
costs a three-day regular one park ticket costs one ninety-nine. This special park hopper ticket, or this special ticket, now includes the park hopper option for the same price. So you're getting that upgrade for free. This this ticket also comes with one Magic Morning admission, which I thought was pretty interesting, and I'm seeing this being added more and more to these types of tickets. And in case you haven't been keeping up, a regular one-day, one-park admission when purchased online is $80, and a one-day park hopper is 105 Wow. Quick uh, addition on that. Um, those tickets. There's a exception on the dates for those those tickets. Let me grab it real quick. On the uh, park hoppers. On the park hoppers. Uh, those dates are January 4th through May 28th, except March 30th through April 15th. Easter break. Easter break. Got it. Thank you. And those are all up on the site. I just added those in. Thanks, Wayne. <laughs> you betcha. Tom is quick with the factoids. <laughs> okay. It's my job. It is your job. And you do it very well. Thank you. And that's it for the news. That being said, rapid fires. Who's going to go first? Because I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Way to phone it in. I did. I L- totally literally, but yet all the things that could be said. <laughs> I'll, I'll hey, go real quick. For me to be speechless on a rapid fire, you know. I'll but go, you just I'll proven go. that you're not speechless because you just talked about not being speechless. No. It's or something like that. Okay, Tony. Did you say, did you say wait, did you say sexy moron? I, said I totally heard the same thing. Thank you. Uh-huh. Wow. <laughs> so, okay, I was... I was about to say, since Tony brought his sexy voice with him. Yeah, you're right. I went to football. Then, you know. And we lost, so it doesn't matter. But sexy should moron. be good. Would you rather be the moron or the sexy? Because, see, you say you're sexy, that's good, but you're a moron. Something to think about and ponder. Okay, there are plenty of sexy morons out there in the world. Can and I just say I- that? And now, as my brother used to say, we begin the slow deterioration. <laughs> and this is where your brother was wrong. It's not slow. It's instant. and it's over. Jump into the abyss. Yeah. Fade to crap. Nice. Oh, I like that. That's a nice. Somebody save us, please. Tony, oh. go for it. What's your okay, Fine. Speaking of sexy morons. Um, <laughs> you and me, baby. Okay. <laughs> At, at Apricot Lane in downtown Disney, <laughs> annual pass holders will get to be sexy because they'll purchase one-of-a-kind treasures at Apricot Lane Boutique from designer pale to chic accessories on Tuesday, November 15th and Tuesday, December 13th. Annual pass holders will receive 20% off their entire purchase at the boutique, and each person spending over $100 in the store will be given a free gift with purchase, whatever that is, I hundred dollars. That's like what a pair of socks or something in that store. I get. I wouldn't really know. Oh, okay. They're not that expensive, but they do tout on being the hottest, sexiest clothes worn by your favorite celebrities, which I don't quite see, but that's okay. So, so there you go. Your AP. sexy morons. Yes, that's <laughs> yeah. a, that's the that's what you get as the prize. You get a, one of those tight fitting athletic cut T shirts that say <laughs> that say sexy moron. Tuesday, November 15th, and Tuesday, December 13th. Only those two days, so you got to go on on Tuesday. There you go, I'm done. Oh, my Lord in heaven. (laughs) 
Okay, who's next? Giggle Girl over there, you go. Okay, I'll go with mine. Um, well-known artist Noah is going to be releasing some new merchandise in honor of the Muppets. Yeah. There's- Tell me it's not Vinylmation, <laughs> I mean, Everybody do the hands. Yay! Yay! <laughs> There's going to be a new line of clothing, original and limited edition artwork, skate decks, and Tom's favorite Vinylmation. The merchandise is being debuted at D Street in downtown Disney to a limited number of guests on Thursday, November 17th. Uh, D23 is going to do an event there that night, and I get to go. Yay! Um, and then, <laughs> my own little plug Take there. pictures. And then I will, of course. And then there's going to be a public launch the next day on Friday the 18th. Uh, Noah collaborated with a couple of other artists on this, Des Einswell and John Chase. And all three of the artists will be there for demonstrations and signings. And then also you can go to the Disney Parks blog, and they have a preview of the merchandise that's going to be released. Just in time for the movie coming out on Thanksgiving. Yay. Oh, yeah, look how that worked out. Convenient. <laughs> I'm so excited for that movie. Oh, tell me about it. I am Indeed. just like, I haven't been excited for a movie in a long time, and I am totally excited. I'm going to miss the little um, the little teaser Muppet trailers that have been, all over, that have been real viral all over YouTube. I'm trying not to watch the previews because I don't want to see, like, the whole movie beforehand. But it's so hard not to because all the little bumpers that they do before it and after it and the... Um, the oh, I know. They're voting they bumpers. And- yeah, it's so cute. I can't wait. I know. I Did anybody else join the little Facebook group to to see if you can get the, the early pre- sneak preview tickets? No. No. Oh, oh. The bazillion I mean, likes. I have a rapid fire all after all. <laughs> I'll have to. I'll have to pop that. Up. I'll go last. I'll. Po- I'll dig into the computer here real quick and find it. Okay. Thank you, Christy. Who's next, boys? Uh, go ahead. Wayne. I guess. I guess that would be me. <laughs> yes. Yes, dear. Boys. This. Man, whatever. <laughs> This is about making purchases through the Disney Store online. That's the website. This is not the real Disney Store in the parks or the retail stores. This is specifically the online uh, store, and this is specifically about purchasing or renewing your D23 memberships. I've had a big a bit of a problem, and I wanted to relate it to you because I think this may wind up affecting others as well. I don't want to go through the whole sad story, but in order for you to understand what happened, i got to hit some of the details so you'll understand where things kind of went wrong. I originally purchased my D23 membership back in August of... 2009. It therefore expired one year later in August 2010. I decided not to renew my membership at that time, but four months later, I decided I'd get a new membership. That was in December of 2010. So I went to the website and I ordered. The website detected that I was an old member and only gave me the renew option. This should have been a monstrous red flag for me. (laughs) I even tried logging out to get the new member option, but as soon as you log in to complete the purchase, the website forced me to the renew uh, option. So at that point, that was the only thing I did, and I went ahead and I placed the order. Now note that 
I had received no D23 benefits between the time I didn't have the membership. No magazines, no events, no email, no nothing. And the magazines, as you D23 members know, are one of the only tangible benefits, and they cost about $15 separately. I got my new cards about a month later with a new expiration of, can you guess, August 2011 the expiration of my old membership as if they had just added a year to it so i called the disney store the representative immediately said they get this all the time adjusted my account and sent me new cards with the correct expiration in december of 2010 since then i've received three of the d23 magazines however in the last issue i received that card stating this is your last issue Apparently, the subscription date of the magazine was not properly corrected, and I haven't gotten and apparently won't get the fourth issue of the membership. So I called the Disney store again, talked to another rep, explained the situation. He said it should be no problem since my membership doesn't actually expire to the end of the year, and they're going to send out the next issue this month. A day later, I get an email from the Disney store stating that memberships renew year to year and that I would have to renew again if I wanted to continue my magazine subscription. Clearly, they don't understand the details, so I sent a very long explanation, and they got a, I got a response back saying it would take five business days to respond. I'm still waiting. So the the word for folks out there is when you purchase your D23 membership, be extra careful about how the Disney Store website treats your status. If you have a problem like me, I suggest you call the Disney Store to order instead of ordering online. Clearly, the website administrators have missed this rather large hole in their process. I actually encountered a, the opposite problem because I, I let mine expire but wanted to keep my charter membership status. Yeah. So I called them to do it, and it was no problem. I mean, I was I – was, I expired in August, but this was like the last day of September. Uh-huh. And they said, oh, no problem. And so I got my card. This is, I still have my card that says charter member. It does say expires August of 2012, but got my magazine right away and – I think that's one of the one of the issues that D23 is dealing with is they're having to they don't have their own in-house people handling it they have the Disney store handling it which And is, that's that's what I was yeah. going to point out specifically is these purchases are not handled by D23 they are handled by the Disney store and that's apparently where the problem is. And that's your Disney Consumer Watch report for this week. <laughs> Okay, thanks for that, Wayne. So, Tom, yes, how about you now? Okay, I just wanted to remind people that Disneyland Adventures for Xbox 360 with Connect it will be in stores November 15th. I got to try this game at the D23 Expo, and it is really cool. Um, I have a game on the way, and when I get that, I will come back on the podcast and do a full review, but... This for anybody who has already has Disney or already has Xbox with Connect and is a Disneyland lover. This is a must. I mean, I mean, it's just really cool. There's just real quick. There's two aspects to the game. 
one aspect is you can just walk around Disneyland and it's created cool. it's created basically brick for brick. Um, outdoor vending carts, trash cans, benches, everything is there. Which is really, really cool. They I spoke with the, the, the people there and that they they said they had one of the janitors from Disneyland play the game and said that there was a trash can missing so they wrote it down and sent it on into the programmers so that they could add the trash can where it is and I, I just have to say that the first thing I said to them well okay if it's so accurate does it have the little gold marker behind the castle you know what you know the marker I'm talking about yeah. the little survey yep. marker yeah. yep. the, the fake center of Disneyland She's the like, original center. Okay, she's she's like, go try. So of course I, you know, head straight there. The marker is there in the game. Nice, nice. Yeah. Cool. So that that's one aspect. Oh, and also during that you can interact with characters, you can hug characters, and all that kind of stuff, which is really cool. The other aspect of the game is 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 playing games based on the rides. So you go to Peter Pan. Go inside a Peter Pan ride, and you can fly through Neverland and collect coins. Or you go to Pirates of the Caribbean, and you're uh, sword fighting with pirates. And you know, it's not, it's not, it's not ride throughs of the rides, but it's games based on the rides. And it's really cool, and it's coming to a store near you on November fifteenth. Now, has anybody else besides me played the Disney Universe? Since we're talking games. No, that's no. that one looks the looks new weird Wii to one. Me. Well, it is kind of weird. We we rented it. God love it. Redbox is your friend, um, and we rented it today. And the kids enjoyed it, but it, it's more of a kind of shoot 'em up sort of thing. Yeah. It's kind of neat because you hunt down things. You have specific tasks. You can help each other, um, and you're costumed as some of your favorite characters, and you can unlock more costumes the higher you level up and stuff. But Jasmine, she's got mean boxing gloves, man. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, the Cheshire Cat one's kind of weird, but the coolest thing I liked about it is one of the characters you can dress up as is um, Hal, the little little cockroach from Wally. (laughs) Oh, cool. I thought that was just, I was like, Hal, who the heck is Hal? It's a bug. Oh, my God. It's a little cockroach from Wally. I've forgotten they named him Hal after the supercomputer of 2001 Space Odyssey. Trivia bit. There you go. I'm still waiting for a reboot of the Virtual Magic Kingdom. They really need to bring that back. You and a lot of other people who used to play that game. You and a lot of people. But that probably will never, ever happen. So get over it. Wow! (laughs) Meow. (laughs) Well, you know, people like it all. They're people who get stuck on an idea with Disney, they or a thing that they really like. They don't get over it if it changes, and you kind of have to move on. Okay, late night harsh moment there. Okay, I found my rapid fire. Um, <laughs> we can all sleep while now. we were talking. Yeah. Well, you know, I was trying to remember some of the details, and Lord only knows there are plenty of little videos um, based on it. If you go to the Muppets Fanathon page on Facebook, they are trying to get a bazillion likes. <laughs> 
How many zeros is that? I know they only have it set up for like ten million, <laughs> and the current total, as I'm looking at it, is two million eighty-one thousand eight hundred eighty-two. <laughs> so it's not like they're getting all the way there. But supposedly, if they got, um, if they got to a bazillion, a bazillion or something, they were gonna um, send. They were gonna have a thing for a sneak preview. Cool. You got a chance to win a sneak preview or. Um, ticket or something like that. I don't see the details on it though. That's kind of disappeared off the wall. So maybe they didn't hit their deadline. <laughs> Gee, <laughs> it's kind of like that that billion in profits. I'm so glad you found that rapid fire, Nancy. I know. <laughs> well, you know, I used to work for the Disney stores back in the day of the billion what billion. What haven't you done? You know, a lot. Okay. But worked at the park. No, I've never worked at the parks. Works she at just any works park? it at the park. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I work it. Good girl. Sexy moron. <laughs> I love you too, Tony. Okay. okay. Public record. Share the love. <laughs> Feel the love. Feel the love. There Feel you the go. Love. That's much better sounding. <laughs> My God. Anyway. And that'll do it for all that stuff. Rapid okay, fire. It's, moving called, on. it's called rapid fire. Hey, Try. am I hosting or are you hosting? Try that again. If I <laughs> I'm not sure. Dear. And that'll do it for that thingy we do after news. <laughs> Okay, before this gets too crazed, let's wrap it up, and thank you for all those rapid fires. Moving on. Today, we planned on talking about, dun-dun-dun-dun, everybody is afraid of it, the holidays at Disneyland. And it seems so early, but it's not. Oh, my gosh. Would you believe here in down, here in downtown Burbank they already had the um, you know the little Christmas lights that go over the Main Street shopping areas? You know, so, so I have a question to kick us off here. Yeah. How many of you have simply succumbed to all the pressure and said, "Fine, the day after thanks uh, after Halloween, I begin the Christmas season." <laughs> I, do. I mean, and I'm I'm just guil- as guilty as the rest of us because after work I had to do a little shopping on Halloween Day, and I actually bought Christmas merchandise on Halloween Day, and I thought how sad. Uh, but then yeah, I your thought, vampire teeth, and then your you know your little sparkling present. I got I got Christmas decor on Halloween Day. And as I was doing it, I was starting to think, okay, so why not stretch out Christmas for two months? Because that's what they're—that's what they're making us do. So why not? Well, I'm you with know, you, Wayne. I love it. I figure, why not celebrate it for two full months? It's so fun to celebrate and get in the spirit, and um, you know, decorate, listen to the music, bake. If it puts you in a good mood, why not celebrate it a little bit longer? You're absolutely right. Every store has already got everything out there. And I was talking to a few of the salespeople, and I said, okay, all of this stuff is kind of at full price right now. How long before we start seeing the discounts? And he goes, you know, honestly, 
We don't start seeing discounts until late in December, but by December 1st, almost everything's gone anyway. And that's really true. I mean, what, we have November 14th as the official start of the holidays at Disneyland, right? Well, yeah, I was going to say, we, we did a podcast last week and fin- finished up our Hallow- or two weeks ago and finished up Halloween. And now we have, we're forced to do Christmas this time because this is the last podcast before Christmas starts. Yep. Exactly. So, hello Christmas. <laughs> deck, deck them halls and ring them bells. And now considering, we, go ahead. Now I know that's Love Fest of Christmas and celebrating it all year. Don't let Disney hear that because then that means the buffets are going to be higher priced and the there's never going to be an off season. It's going to be Christmas all year and everything's going to be more expensive. Sorry. But if they can make that official full-time Haunted Mansion holiday ride. Ooh, that's true. Okay. I might be, it might be worth it. You're right. It might be worth it. Well, you know, considering Disney, Disneyland has stretched out the Christmas season from the end of September when Halloween time starts. <laughs> I mean, Nightmare Before Christmas is the property. That extends your Halloween, your Christmas season three months out of the year. That's at least somewhat justifiable as a Halloween attraction. It kind of started that oh, way, yeah. although it's largely a Christmas thing. But there is there is a legitimate overlap there. Yeah, no, I mean it, totally. But you know that's how it happens. <laughs> that's how it happens. <laughs> they start in, they get insidious. So, and in, but and I mean, no, of, no more, no more pumpkins for um, Thanksgiving. Sorry about that. You get to look at Hello at, at uh, Christmas decorations for your Thanksgiving dinner. Well, right? you know, and a lot of people really like that because the people who come to Disneyland during the Thanksgiving holidays and don't come back during the Christmas holidays, you know, that's a big thing for those. And I've heard the same thing said about Walt Disney World. So. Yeah, did, anyone, did anyone go to the park this last weekend? And that's why we have her here. <laughs> nice me. segue for me. <laughs> I did. Yeah. So first, outside of your special event, which you'll talk about, I was curious about crowd levels because I've always heard crowd levels in November at Disneyland, particularly good time to go. True this, these t- days or not? Yeah, definitely. Um, Disneyland, because most people that were there were kind of got stuck, like sucked into watching the parade that they were filming. So the wait times on the rides really weren't that bad. We ended up going over to California Adventure early in the afternoon and we walked on to quite a few rides to, um, Little Mermaid had pretty much no wait. Uh, same thing with California Screaming. We were, we walked by Toy Story, and that had the usual 30, 40-minute line that it always does. Um, but, yeah, crowd levels were a lot more manageable this weekend than they have been throughout the month of October. And that's what we've seen the last several weekends, too. And speaking of the people drawn to Main Street, one of the... Uh one of the things that people see this time of year and they don't expect it, especially the people who come into the park with no clue, is the Disneyland Christmas Parade taping. And you were there to see that. Yeah, we were. Uh, we got did there. Did you go to- with that intention? or? Yeah, we did. I, w- I wanted to <laughs> try to wedge my way in. We always uh, we go most years um, just because we figure, why not? It's always on the same weekend. It's the weekend after Halloween, and um, 
so years past, we've gotten lucky and kind of made our way into the crowd to see ourselves on TV Christmas morning. But um, this year was a little bit different. I don't know um, if more people knew about it or, or what was going on. But we got there at about uh, 10, 10.30. And the crowd where they were filming the parade was heavier than it usually is. But they did have crowd control in check it was much, it was managed much differently this year than it has been in, year, in years past. Before people are just coming and going, um, people will stop to watch it and then they kind of move along. But they were very strict about making the crowd move in a certain direction. So when you came into the park, you had to go to your left and go down that side of Main Street. And if you were leaving, you had to come up the right. So, so is this, is this taping being done? During regular park hours? Yep. Yes. Yeah. I think I think maybe this was in the past or maybe I had an incorrect perception. I thought it was done early in the morning prior to park hours. Not you true. You were thinking of Walt Disney World. Oh, okay. So Disneyland works it a little different. It's a yes. whole different critter. <laughs> have you done Florida have you done the Florida ones? No, no. Okay, and you can hear about more of those on our Orlando show because Kathy um, from the Orlando team always goes to the the parade tapings there, and it, they're organized to the point where you have to have um, a place in line. I think maybe once she said they were wristbanded and stuff like that, but you are specifically designated in a spectator grouping, and they send you certain places, and they expect you to dress a certain way. So not so at Disneyland. If you're a regular park guest and you just happen to be there on that day, you might be able to pass through the area and see parts of it and not necessarily have to stay for the taping, correct? Yeah, that's exactly it. Okay. Now, Christy, did they, in years past, because this is the first year I haven't been um, in several years, we've watched them transition from doing everything on one day to doing, um, splitting it up into three days based on when the talent could come. Like they always, on the very first day, do the kids and the dance routine. Um, How did they do it this year? Well, before we went, I was looking around trying to see on the blogs if anyone had posted any information about it. So I saw they were saying that on Friday, the kid, the children dancers had been invited to come and they would be performing and they may or may not be taping. So, um, but they were expected to be there on call on Friday. Turns out Friday was raining all day. So I don't know if they actually filmed anything on Friday or not, but no, they wouldn't. Yeah, so on Saturday, in years past when we've been there, they'll have signage around that lets people coming into the park know that they're going to be filming the parade, which they had. And it will usually give you some type of outline or times to say, you know, be in the castle forecourt at 8 a.m. for a performance by, you know, whomever. And then we'll be filming the parade at this time and that time. But this year I didn't see any of that. So... Um, I had read that they would be filming a portion of the parade in the morning and then again at 1 in the afternoon. So, like I said, when we got there at about 10, 1030, they were in the thick of filming the parade. 
So we got there and the crowds were heavy on Main Street. We had a hard time. I wanted to try to kind of sneak in somewhere and see if we could get uh, lined up on the street, but we just couldn't. The crowd was the crowd was moving uh, behind the crowd that was watching the parade behind the spectators and they were adamant about just keeping everyone moving along. And we were all dressed all cute, too, so I was sad that we didn't get in there. <laughs> I had my I know, new I little gingerbread ears. ears. Yeah, oh. so um, so it was fine. So we moved down, and then I thought, okay, well, when they uh, film again this afternoon, we'll just kind of make our way up then. Because normally when we go, we just kind of end up wherever we do. I don't try to plan too much because then I don't want to get frustrated if I can't actually get there or get in or whatever. So we try to just go with the flow as much as possible. And if we make it, we make it. If we don't, we don't. So, um, so we passed the crowd, decided to kind of go do our own thing for a while. We walked around the park to see if we could see maybe where they were setting up anywhere else. Because a couple of years ago, they did a big thing in New Orleans Square for Tiana. Yeah. Nancy, I'm sure you remember we were there. Yeah. Little, <laughs> I was going to say your husband had my little girl on his shoulders. Yes. <laughs> so, um, But we didn't see anything like that around the rest of the park. Of course, they had the big stage set up in front of the castle, but they did not have the um, equipment or, you know, set up for a band or anything yet. So we weren't sure what was happening. So then it turned out that later they did announce over the speakers that they were going to be filming some Disney Channel bands, um, One Republic, I think it was, and Ant Farm. Farm. Oh. Oh, I'm sorry. One Republic. <laughs> One Republic is a great band. <laughs> so me not having kids had no clue who those were. And then, um, <laughs> so I was like, yeah, um, I don't think so. Uh, we just figured <laughs> if we were in the area, then we'd try to go up to the crowd, but otherwise we wouldn't make too big of a deal about it. So what we ended up doing was standing toward uh, the hub and we, cause what they do is they bring the floats out, they prep them. So the Christmas floats, if you watch the Christmas parade on any day that you're in the park, normally you see the floats moving by, but on a day like this, they bring them out and they are just kind of sitting and waiting for their cue to go down the street. So you get a lot of time to interact with the characters, take pictures of the floats. So it's a lot of fun in that sense. So we just, that's pretty much what we ended up doing most of the day. Um, when they're staging the floats, are they lined up parade style, and do they have you know the streets blockaded off like in a normal parade? Yes, they do. Yeah, yeah. And like I said, they they were on it with the crowd control this time, so they had in order to get through Main Street or you know toward the hub. They had a walkway, just a, a one-way kind of, well, it was two-way, but it was just your one side set up in the uh, around the partner statue. And they would block off the traffic for long periods of time, though, because the floats were staged there. So people couldn't just walk right through. So they had to wait and wait and wait. And then every five or ten minutes or so, they'd open it up, and this huge crowd of people would kind of, you know, rush through. And then they'd block it off again until the next the next section move through. Interesting. Okay. So, and they had a mixture of floats. So they had, um, you know, the fairies with the floats and all the, they had the Christmas floats and then they'd have sensational floats coming down. So it was a big mixture of, of various characters and, and things coming through. I was going to say who, uh, who picked the short straw to get the hosting job for the parade this year? (laughs) Because last year it was Nick Cannon. (laughs) I was going to say, 
It was Nick Cannon. I know that the first few years we went, we always saw Ryan Seacrest. Yep, and, and then he I, got promoted to Walt Disney World. <laughs> yeah, he he got the the big castle. So now Nick Cannon mm-hmm. has has our Disneyland portion out here. Could you see lots of uh, like film equipment and TV lighting and you know all that good technical stuff? Yeah, well, right when you came into the park and uh, you came into Town Square, there was. All the equipment was set up there. The lighting was set up. His stage was set up where the Christmas tree would normally go, which is why they film this uh, when they do. Because if all the garland is hanging across Main Street and the tree would obviously be in the way. And since that's all coming out next weekend, this weekend is really when they could take advantage of taking over all that space with the film equipment and things. Are they are they pumping the parade sound through the through the area? Yeah, they are. So whatever section of the parade is in the front uh, where where they're filming, then that's the music that they're playing. So you do get a parade atmosphere while they're doing this. Yes. Yeah, yeah, you definitely do. So, um, But like I said, so you might have, depending on where you're at in the street watching everything, you might have snowman and snowman in front of you, but they could be playing the music from Mary Poppins because the sensational float is up at the front. So sure. Yeah. So it's not necessarily all synced together from your vantage point. Well, and and also the parade characters are different from what they will be for the normal parade. I think I saw you in your pictures that they had the fairies on top of the float that normally has Mickey and Minnie ice skating. Correct. Yes. Yeah, that's because true. the same characters can't be on floats at both Disney World and Disneyland at the same time on <laughs> Christmas morning. Yeah, that oh, would create a paradox. Really? We all know yes. that. <laughs> oh, I don't think I ever realized that. Yeah. Of yeah. course, there is only one Mickey, isn't there? So our float that would normally, where Santa would normally come and make his visit, um, when that float came through, it was empty. And then there's a special surprise, St. Nick, hint, hint, that's on the float. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. I think it's only fair to say that this is, if you have small children, this is not something you want to do with small children, which is why I didn't go this year, because I knew my kids were bored to years the last couple tapings years that we took them so i think if you're visiting from out of town it's a great weekend to come because then you get to see a little bit of the holiday decorations you're not going to get to see everything but then uh if they happen to be filming the parade you can see the floats going by but for the most part once you get through main street the park's open and um the like I said, the wait times aren't very long, so it's really easy to navigate through the park. We were walking through New Orleans Square and it was almost empty and wow. you know in that area it's never empty. Yeah. So it it was nice to be able to go yeah. through and just take our time and that was already decorated for Christmas. So I got lots of pretty pictures of that, which I was happy about. Tom, you're yes. the man who knows about all the details. Ooh. You wanna? Do you want to share some of the things that are, are that they're focusing run, on? Run, run through the for the holidays. The new stuff. Okay. Yeah. Um, there will be a new 18-foot cartoon-style Christmas tree in front of Toontown City Hall. Cool. That's a first. Uh, Mickey and Minnie will have their own Christmas trees in front of their houses. Uh, let's see. Let's. Uh, Phineas and Ferb over at California Adventure. Phineas and Ferb. 
their show is going to transition to a holiday party. Yay. Which is kind of cool. I'm glad. And that shows that they can kind of diversify up these, these little street shows. And then, of course, we got confirmation of the rumor we spread the other day about a prep and landing preview in front of World of Color. Yay. Woo-hoo. Don't forget about Duffy, Tom. Jeez. Oh, uh, that's yeah. I, 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 yes, I, Tell us, Christy. What, yeah, what's what's happening with Duffy? I didn't see that. Or we just, we walked along the... I'm sorry. We just walked along the pier, and it was all his area was decorated. It's like a snow globe or something, isn't it? Inside, yeah, inside the, a wreath. Yeah, there was a giant wreath, and then this little. I didn't realize it was a snow globe until later. I someone I read that it was a snow globe or supposed to be one, yeah. but yeah, there Duffy wasn't out there. The people were just there taking pictures, family pictures and stuff. Well, that's probably the best. And and like I like I alluded to, Christmas starts at the Disneyland Resort officially November fourteenth. Um, according to the Times Guide on on the Disneyland website, fireworks were starting Friday the 11th. But I, I, you know, I would hesitate Don't to plan a trip around that. it. But November 14th, everything starts in earnest. But let's go back to the Christmas parade. I think that is, and you know, it's the same every year, every year. But I love it. It's cool. It's 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 happy. As as much as the song gets in my head, because and wasn't it in your head the other day? It was yes, because we were talking about talking about it on the sing podcast. Sing it, sing it, sing it, sing it. No, oh, I, I made it into a ringtone though. So all right. In a Christmas fantasy. Okay, that's yeah, okay. it. Okay. All of a sudden, that I felt like I was back at the parks. You, <laughs> you know what? One of the things I love about that parade is if you see it on the early on the early pass, and then you see it in the pass after dark because it gets so dark early in the parks. If you see it after dark, it's a completely different parade. With all the lighting and the, it just, it's, I think it's got a little magical extra quality at nighttime. It's good both times. It, it does pl- play well both in the daytime and at nighttime. Okay, I gotta tell a story about okay. the parade. Um, you know how at the very end, um, Santa Claus comes down the parade route and he has his microphone and he can talk to people on, on the, in the crowd and say, hey, you know, Merry Christmas, oh, how are you, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, this was a couple of years ago, and a lot of people on the boards know me for making custom name tags with people's names on them. So, my son and his cousin had their names emblazoned in big letters on the front of their shirts. They're sitting there enjoying the parade, and Santa comes. We're in Town Square, like right in front mm-hmm. of in front of the in front of the the train station. Sitting there, Santa comes around the corner, greeting the crowd. Looks down, says, "Merry Christmas, Wesley, Joshua. How are you? Be- have you been a good boy this year?" And then you know, nice. Cares. And nice. it's like you know, of course, thirty seconds later, they realize that their names are on their shirts. But <laughs> still, it's like you know, it's just that kind of stuff that. 
Yeah. Yeah. Now, we've talked about the parade. Who wants to talk about Small World Holiday? Love it, love it, love it. It's something that we definitely get excited about. I love the change in small worlds to go at Christmas time and see it all lit up. It's so pretty at night on the outside. And then uh, to go inside and, yes, you hear the never-ending small world song, but then they mix it with jingle bells. And I don't know, there's just something about the change that makes it even more fun. Okay, than it okay is so, so when we talked about Haunted Mansion, some of you said that you prefer Haunted Mansion Holiday to the regular Haunted Mansion. What are your opinions of Small World Regular versus Small World Holiday? I don't know that I prefer it, but I definitely welcome the change. Wayne? I like it. I like them both. I don't dislike the regular Small World at all. I go almost every trip, but the holiday version is unbelievably wonderful. The song is brilliant. I like all the extra scenes that they put in, the whole reimagined thing. The ending sequence, how can you not come out of there and not feel warm and fuzzy? It's great. Love it, love it, love it. I'm hearing rumors that they're going to adjust the Magic and Memories and You show that actually still plays um, to have Christmas decorations on it. I heard that too. Yeah. Yeah. Because in... I, yeah, that was a big, big thing when it came out, but I mean, it's like nobody ever talks about it, but it is still there at the park every night, sometimes twice a night, on the small world facades. Yeah, I don't know, it's just not an exciting thing. Yeah, unless, but you know unless you know your picture's going to be there, but still, even then, you can't really see it that well, so... You have to remember that Small World Holiday was one of the very first places in the park that they really started using that exterior projection right. um, Dur- technology. During the fireworks to draw people away from the hub because of, because of overcrowding. Well, in the Small World Holiday section in general at nighttime. Yeah. I mean, you know, during the holiday with the marching, can- the marching candy cane soldiers and the, just everything all over in- while you're waiting. In years past, they did that projection show at Christmas time. I think it was every 10 or 15 minutes on the facade, wasn't it? So yeah. I, I wonder now with the Magic Memories in you, do you think they're still going to do that? Or have well, you that's what I think Tom it? was saying was yeah. that they were going to adjust it to blend those two shows. Well, because Magic Memories in you shows two times a night. At the most. Oh, yeah, that's right. And then yeah. but this show was like every 15 minutes. Yeah, so, so I guess I they will, have to. Yeah. And then it is a great place to watch the fireworks from if you can't get a spot in front of the castle or if you've already seen them in front of the castle. It is a good place to go back there because it does add a different element to it. And I, I think isn't the Christmas fireworks aren't don't aren't as critical to be in the hub, are they? No. No, no. Only if you want the the main street effect. Yeah. I mean, if you want to see the the whole lighting of the castle and the little pre-lighting of the castle show, and how often did they run that one? Refresh my brain. I think it's like every hour or so. Okay. It is in the Times Guide when they do that particular little show of, of lighting the castle. If you want to see the twinkling Christmas trees, if you want the snow, then you should definitely, you know, ha- head for Main Street. But if you don't care about that stuff they have hang on hang on they do have this yes in the fantastic area yes 
And yes. in front of Small World, they have the snow over there, too. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, snow's all over the place. I totally never knew that. We Californians get excited about snow. So all you <laughs> East Coast people <laughs> who are laughing so- at us now, you have good <laughs> justification. We still like it when it snows on us in California. You're welcome. Well, you know, when you see your child's eyes for the first time, you know, because, you know, we don't get snow here. So when... The kids see the snow for the first time. You know, they've only seen it on television. And tank tops and shorts and flip-flops, and they're chasing this <laughs> Oh, it's chilly. <laughs> I know, but still, there's just something about it that just makes there, it great. There are Christmas days when we can wear short sleeves, let's face it. <laughs> if your kids are being bratty, just tell them to stick their tongue out when the snow comes. <laughs> 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 I'll get a Ralphie experience. <laughs> exactly. So... Poisoning. Okay, you know what I'm going to miss this year? What? What? The California letters with the yes, candy cane. The candy on cane, them. California letters. I agree, I How agree. Sad is I that? Agree. <laughs> and Goofy hanging from the L or whatever the heck it is. Yeah, means. and Mickey on the A. They already had the new. the new entrance sign decorated for the holidays. Oh, yes. I have to say. I, I like it personally. I think it looks really pretty, but um, it's just garland and bows. No, no little weird looking Mickey or Goofy on the and all the on the letters. And all the wreaths and the garland that used to hang from the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah. I hope they burned that. <laughs> I'm sorry, Harsh. I didn't like it. Harsh. They also had the. Um, it's probably going to end up in John Stamos's backyard, <laughs> along with everything else. Yeah. It's a Disney graveyard. Um, in the fake entrance into California Adventure, uh, they had wreaths set up, too, so it didn't feel just so like a back entrance, but they tried to decorate it, too. Cool. Yeah. And both of our parks get a lot of Christmas decor. It's not like it's just in one area. And I know we've said that before on the show, and I know the Orlando team has said that before, but it really is true. We have parks that are decorated all the way through for the holidays. Well, like, we, like I just said, they got Christmas trees way back in Toontown, so, too. So, And, and each each area of the park is different, decorated differently. Yep. Frontierland. Oh, do, wait, how about Adventureland? Are there any decorations in Adventureland? I've never seen any in Adventureland. Fantasyland, well, except for Small World, and then uh, Tomorrowland. I don't think they decorate those at all. Because, you know, in the future, we're not going to decorate for Christmas anymore, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Made one of those aluminum Christmas trees in Tomorrowland. Well, this is this is actually a good point, because I'm looking back through my pictures as we're talking, and I spent most of a good part of the day between Town Square and the Hub, right along Main Street. All the extra music activities that are going on there, like not only the Dapper Dans, but the Firehouse Band and the mm-hmm. Disneyland Band that performs on Main Street through that whole time. Not to mention all the decorations and stuff and the, the special shopping and the special um uh, snacks and stuff, but this is one time where hustling through Main Street at Disneyland is probably you're missing you're missing out if you're if yeah. you're doing that. Oh yeah, definitely. I can't wait to bite the Mickey ears off the gingerbread man. Aww. Oh dear. Not not I can't wait to have a gingerbread man. <laughs> no. I can't wait to bite, bite the Mickey ears off of it. 
That's kind of scary. <laughs> Did they have any other decorations over at California Adventures? Yeah, they, didn't, they didn't have the tree up yet. They okay. had... Um, where are they going to put a tree? They normally put it in that gazebo where they have Mickey the rest of the year gotcha. um, okay. at the entrance to Paradise Pier. Yeah, but they just built that gazebo, though, so... Yeah, I don't know where they're going to put it. Certainly not going to go in the entrance of the park. No, not, well, you and know, not, and not, and not, and there used to be the big one where the where the um, buoy is at right. the entrance to Paradise Pier. Right. Unless that buoy's removable so. or something. And they put a tree over it, just stick it right. on top of it. There you go. You know, that's very possible with the shape of that thing. So, um, I. I did notice that Marceline's in downtown Disney was already decorated for Christmas. It was actually like that Halloween weekend. Um, and then there were, trying to think where else in the park, uh, the Hollywood backlot area, that wasn't decorated yet because okay. we went back there. But, yeah, just little patches here and there. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see how this develops next weekend. Okay, now that we've talked about the stuff in the park. Let's talk about some of our personal strategies when we go during the holiday season to see all this kind of stuff, like what we think are the best days, you know, some of the tips that might help um, people coming in for the first time to kind of survive the uh, crowd levels and stuff. When my wife and I were first dating, we made it a tradition to go Thanksgiving weekend and it was always like dead in the parks. It was it was like there was nobody there. We you know had zero crowds. And then somewhere along the lines, people started learning that that was a slow weekend, and it's not so much anymore. Yeah, you can usually probably find a little bit slower areas during the traditional Thanksgiving meal times. Because people are heading off to go right. have a meal. The local folks who would normally be down there are off having Thanksgiving dinner with people and stuff. So it's a little bit better. But when we get into the weekends for Christmas, that's when it really starts picking up. I think the same strategies apply for summer as they do in winter. Get there at opening and hit your favorite rides. Use your fast passes and... In the afternoon, sit and enjoy some hot cocoa and watch the parade. Yeah. Agreed. And and also try I and threw use the that cocoa time. in for you, Tony. Thank you. <laughs> try and use that time to do um, and see some of the special Christmas things, especially you know, go around, look at the Christmas trees, visit the resorts. You know, just like if you were going to Walt Disney World, um, one of the big things for people who go there is to resort hop to see what kind of decorations are out there take that time take that break to go sit in the grand californian lobby and look at that great tree and just enjoy the christmas music from the the baby grand piano there once in a while they'll have carolers in there too yes yeah they do they actually the carolers go i think to that resort as well they go over the Disneyland. i think they used to go to all three resorts at some point. But they'll, you know, if you're staying around those properties, ask what the caroling schedule is. And I'm sure somebody from guest services would be happy to tell you. Also, the Phineas and Ferb show, catch that. I mean, how many people really try to catch the Christmas shows? Or the, those shows in general, so. You can also visit Santa. Good point. You know, take the time to go see Santa up in the Reindeer Roundup. But also, Santa makes an appearance at each of the Disneyland hotels. 
So in different settings too. So it's kind of nice. Like the Grand Californian Santa is in like a deep maroon kind of suit, and the one in um, Paradise Pier is a little more perky and, and you know not beachy, but. So he's utilizing all those tunnels between the parks he to is. go back and forth? Yeah. He is. Yeah. And keep in mind, though, if you're going all the way up to the holidays, after Christmas Eve comes, that's it. Santa's going back to the North Pole that morning. Once he leaves to go deliver gifts, he is gone. Now, I think last year he was at, at, at California Adventure. He was at, like you said, where the Christmas tree was, right, Christy? Yeah, he's in that yeah. gazebo, yeah, the gazebo, Paradise Pier. It'll fun. be interesting with all the ne- construction. Next to the, next to the Cove Bar. Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. Parents drop their kids off with Santa and go have a drink. <laughs> See cheeks. Well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that went downhill. Thanks, Wayne. That's peppermint schnapps on his breath. Exactly. <laughs> You know, I did notice that the dates for the Christmas event this year is until January 8th, which is almost a week later than it usually lasts. So it sounds like you're going to get a lot more time to go and see the park all decorated for the holidays. Which should make you guys happy because you want Christmas to be the holidays to be the entire year. Yes, and now I get it. Now I get it for two months and a a week. Yes. Now, Tony, you've been awful quiet over there. What do you what do you usually do when it comes time to visiting the parks around the holidays? My dad and I, we kind of started a tradition because we don't, well, I don't cook. And Christmas, you know, everybody's going out to dinner and stuff. So for breakfast, we go to um, Storytellers because we knew it was open and it wasn't as crowded. And so we would go, actually, yeah, we'd go to Storytellers Cafe with, my dad would come up from San Diego, would, still does, come up from San Diego and we'd go to Storytellers because it's open. And I get a discount. So, yeah, that's what we do. And that is a good a good thing to remember is that there are holiday meals in the park, um, in some of the hotels. We don't know what those are yet, but we'll kind of keep you posted in later shows as the holiday season progresses. And we'll kind of, you know, scope everything out and come back to you with it. Anybody else have anything else they want to say? The Candlelight Processional. Um, oh! Christy, talk about that. We've been just once, and I have to say I've never seen the one in Epcot, so I can't really compare. But the things that they do here, and they do it on the train station and where they have some of the performers, it's really cool and fun to watch. Uh, in years past, they've done dinner packages. Have you guys ever done those? I don't think they're going to do it this yeah, year. Yeah, they haven't done it for the past couple of years. Yeah, so it's normally just – I'm sorry, go ahead. I, no, I was going to say, that was a good idea when they had the dinner packages, because I totally would have done that. Yeah, it seems like it's pretty popular. I don't understand why they stopped doing it. Yeah, well, the the one year they did, D23 did a dinner package, and then it just disappeared. Hmm. So this year, they haven't announced any official information on it, but usually it's the first weekend in December, so that would be December 3rd and 4th, I think, this year. Yep, that's Mm -hmm. the weekend. Yeah, and so no announcement yet who the celebrity narrator will be, but but if you're around the parks that weekend, it's it's fun to watch, but you do have to line up and 
town square pretty early. My favorite part is the, the buglers on top of the train station. It's really yeah, cool. that's amazing. It's definitely something I've always wanted to do, but we've never been able to really You've never get seen it? I've never Me done neither. I've never done it at Disneyland. I've done it in Florida. And I had a friend that used to sing in the choir in the cast choir in Florida. And you know, I've just never I've been there on that day and I've watched people sitting on those benches forever and ever and ever. So, you know, staking out their spot first thing in the morning. But you know, I, Ian was never I, wanting to do it with me. That's sad because I've even seen it. And if <laughs> I've been there, you know, that's disappointing. Come on, I've even seen it. <laughs> hey, no, his here's and something it, I didn't think I, of. It was David Ogden Styers, and I remember it. I love him. And he said, you know, we're standing there the whole time, whatever. And he's like, and to all, good night. And he ended it with this up inflection, and we're like. <laughs> Where's the rest of the sentence? <laughs> That's how he ended it. Good night. And, and there was no and. That's how he ended it. I think he regrets the way he inflected. Because <laughs> I still remember it like 10 years later. But yes, David. Who was last year's? Oh. I don't was remember. Jane Seymour? I don't remember. I know it, it was John Stamos and we saw it. So it was good on the eyes and the ears. <laughs> oh, wow! Hey, that he- <laughs> David Ogden-Steyer short on being good on the eyes. <laughs> I'm just saying. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! I think with that, maybe we'll save the rest of the holiday experiences as we experience them ourselves this year. And if you want to kind of catch up on any of that, like I said, go to the blog and see what we saw last year, and maybe hopefully that'll help you plan for your trip this year. And with that, this concludes this edition of the Diz Unplugged Disneyland. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.